0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell. Danny Connell.
1: That's the throw versus
0: Jenna, deep, tight end. And Russia Bell. Bell has
2: got faster. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before
3: your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Well, stay in the obvious. Uh, that was clearly a very disappointing loss. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a game that we needed to win. Uh, we're, we're, all, we're all disappointed. Uh, I did not do a good enough job. Uh, we we didn't do as good enough job as a football team.
2: All right. So moments after that press conference, uh, Mike McCarthy's sitting there saying we're going to get this thing figured out. We're going to yeah. have the Packer way. Goes, finds out he is not going to have a chance yeah. to get back to the Packer way because he's no longer the head coach. He has been fired from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, not... So, so there's a lot of different reactions to this. A lot of people are surprised saying, Hey, he's been tenured for this long. He had right. a Super Bowl win. Like he's earned the right to coach the rest of the season. I don't buy into that yeah, at all. Why? I, I, it's been about as bad of a disaster season you could have in Green Bay. Sure. Rich, you know, story, tradition, uh, rich history of success. All of these things have unfolded. But it has been bad, and I think it breaks down to one simple relationship of why he's not there anymore. It's between him and Aaron Rodgers. It has been festering for probably four or five years now, behind the scenes. It's always been a rumor in NFL circles that they don't get along, and I think finally it came to a head, and you had the perfect – Set up, I guess, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you wanted to change. Right. And you have that. And if for the Packers, it was pretty much an easy decision. And as far as waiting to the end of the season, if everybody knows he's a lame duck, then you have lost the locker room. Guys are going to start going in the motion. So I think they just, they just did it Look, while what needed to be done. Not
3: only did you, like, is the locker room lost and, and all of that, but if you're the Packers and you're a franchise that's used to winning, like, you want to give yourself the best chance to identify the next guy. And if you wait, like, you know, all of these college coaches who may be new, like, new, upcoming superstars in the NFL coaching ranks could be scooped up um, anybody who's shaken off of like an NFL tree that you may want to hire could be gone so if you're the Packers and you already know this is a situation why not get the head start on getting the correct guy in place the guy that you really want
2: so there has been some speculation that Aaron Rodgers was not playing up to his potential yeah on purpose you think really yeah I don't know if it's on purpose because I don't think you could do that. And I, don't, I think it would be so blatantly obvious. But I do think he's gone on his own an awful lot. Like there was a touchdown he threw a couple weeks ago in prime time. And it was supposed to be a run play. And he just kind of went off the script. And you could see it was clearly a run play. Now, there are a lot of a lot of offenses are running RPOs where there is a run right. pass option. So it might have been that. But there were, again, rumors coming out of Green Bay that Mike McCarthy would call one thing from the sideline and then at the line of scrimmage there would be another play run on the field. So somewhere it was either miscommunication or Aaron Rodgers went off and did his own thing. I don't, he is having one of his worst seasons, um, of his career, but I, I would attribute more of it to the injury that he suffered with his knee. I think that dragged down his play. And also I think if you are not really into it, Like that doesn't matter who you are. If you're not invested, if you're not passionate, if you're not coming and doing the extra work, then I think you get the results that Aaron Rodgers got. So it's another reason why you had to make the change. Yeah,
3: absolutely. If that relationship's not solid and it's affecting the mood and the building, the mood of your quarterback, the mood of your franchise guy, and he can't produce at that level. And you're talking about a guy that you already know as a franchise, you will not move on from, right? You're not moving on from Aaron Rodgers. That's not happening. Right. Then you do have to move on from someone and that then becomes the coach.
2: I think it's going to be really interesting to see who they go Danny, with. Danny, and, uh, Mike Danny, Danny. Oh, here we go. We got Pete in here. All right. Uh-oh. Let's Danny. So he can't, he's chomping at the, the bed. All right, let's hear what you got.
4: You're, you said somebody actually said this, and you repeated it. Aaron Rodgers purposely <laughs> got Mike McCarthy fired.
2: It has come been op- oh, it has been opined out there that Aaron Rodgers specifically is not playing well because he wanted Mike McCarthy out there. I'm I'm not I'm not saying I buy into it, so but it is. If you look at the numbers, it's
4: unbelievable. I you, know, but come on. Don't he's a competitor. You think- he's going to play
2: poorly on purpose. No, I don't. But see, I, I don't think he's tanked. or I don't think he's thrown games. But I think you can really clearly see the wear and. Tear on that relationship, having an impact on, on the field, which is why the Packers are sitting here in the situation we are today saying, we have to make a change. We have no other choice.
4: Look, I get the change, and, and here's why. I, I think, still think Mike McCarthy can be a heck of a head coach in the league, and he's been a good head coach. The problem is the game has changed, and with all the rules changes in place to uh help the offense, he hasn't changed with it. All those iso they run. That's all they do. They don't bunch. They don't run, uh, you know, a lot of those jet sweeps. Although they've gotten more of that lately, but they got to get more creative. And that's why Aaron Rodgers is so frustrated. He looks around the league and he sees Jared Goff playing in an offense that caters to the quarterback. He sees Patrick Mahomes playing in an offense that's, you know, gimmicked up and does all these crazy stuff to get guys wide open. And yet he's got guys out one on the left, two on the right, go win your route in one on one situations and hope like heck you get open. You can't win that way in the NFL anymore. So for me. I think that's where his frustration comes from. And I know this for a fact. On the other side, Mike McCarthy was frustrated for years with the way that team was built. And Ted Thompson had total authority over the roster. And he did whatever he wanted to. And you know what? He adhered to the philosophy of draft and develop. That's all well and good if you're drafting well and you're developing. But they weren't drafting well and developing. And when you don't do that, you have to supplement the roster. And for years, the cornerback position has been a disaster. They've been involved in a ton of shootouts. The defense was never good enough. They fired Dom Capers. They bring Mike Pettin in. Defense still not good enough. So, you know, you can, everybody can point fingers at Mike McCarthy all you want. There's a lot of blame to go around, including former GM Ted Thompson, including Aaron Rodgers, uh, and including, of course, Mike McCarthy himself.
3: Pete, so you talked about the evolution of like NFL offenses. Like where do they go? Where do the Packers go from here? What are some names that could be good, a good fit with Aaron and a good fit to kind of revamp the offense that they've got in place there?
4: Well, two guys I would call immediately would uh, be Josh McDaniels. Uh, obviously, he's a guy I'd start sniffing around. I think Josh McDaniels will be a great coach the second time around. I think the first time around, he thought he was Bill Belichick. He got all the power. He was arrogant. Uh, he had bad personnel decisions. See drafting Tim Tebow in the first round. And, and, and I think that all kind of blew up on him. Now, I think in the second time with a good general manager in place, I think he'll be a good, uh, NFL head coach and from what guys I know and guys I talk to who has been humbled by the first time around he would be much better having said all that his family didn't want to go to Indianapolis last year and work with Andrew Luck will his family want to go to Green Bay that's a big question I hear he's the leader maybe in Baltimore if they make a change there so maybe it doesn't work out what about Lincoln Riley Lincoln Riley would be another guy I would make the call I would gauge his interest. Could you imagine Lincoln Riley being excited to work with Aaron Rodgers? I hear he wants to be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, but the Green Bay Packers aren't a bad situation either. So I'd make another call to Lincoln Riley. And then there's some young offensive coordinators. Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. He's worked with Andy Reid. Uh, you know, you hear a lot about the Taylor kid, uh, who's working under Sean McVeigh, Zach Taylor in, in, the, with the Rams, Byron Lefwich. I don't think they're going to go that route, but look for a good, innovative young offensive coach.
2: Do you think, it's a smooth transition because i think aaron Rodgers is difficult to coach i think he's one of the brightest minds out there so i think he's going to challenge you i think he's very confident in his abilities so he might want to go off script a lot like he has throughout his career i don't think it's going to be an easy hire to make and i think there could be problems in it better like i i think aaron Rodgers should have some input because if he doesn't he might hold it against him again
4: well, look, he should have some input, but it you shouldn't let the uh, the quarterback make the decisions. Why There's not? No way. He's the
2: most important player in the franchise. Like they just invested He's all not this the money. Coach. in Coach.
4: He's not the general manager. He's the quarterback. You know, you can't be making
2: those kind of
3: decisions, Danny.
2: What's in- the most important yes. position on the field? What's What's more important, the quarterback, quarterback. or the coach? Of course, he, he should have
3: he, somebody. Some this input. is the same guy who has a problem with LeBron dictating who the coach is, but now he's lobbying <laughs> for a quarterback to dictate who the coach is.
4: But he was all happy when Magic fired Paul Westhead back in the day. I mean, you know, okay, it worked out. It worked out. But this is a different game. You know that in the NBA you need two guys and two stars and three three role players in your com- uh, competitor. In this league, you need more than that. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are proof of that.
2: Where do you think Mike – Mike McCarthy was just uh, this morning, Sports Illustrated put out a report that the Browns are interested in him. Like if you want to go um, develop a young quarterback in Baker Mayfield, we mentioned all these good, young, innovative minds as offensive coordinators. Do you think Mike McCarthy's a good hire for them? Because I think a lot of people would shake their heads saying – Why are you setting yourself back with this offense that we just watched running all these antiquated formations?
4: Yeah, but you know what, though? They said the same thing about Andy Reid back in the day. And look what he did once he got to Kansas City. He evolved. He changed. He, He changed the way he plays offense. And I think Mike McCarthy, yeah, he always had Aaron Rodgers to fall back on. So the creativity he probably thought in the back of his mind didn't need to be there as much. Well, now it does. And if you go to Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, you're going to have to be even more creative. He's a young quarterback. He's learning on the run, on the fly. We saw that yesterday. He was awful on Sunday against the Texans. So a guy like Mike McCarthy would evolve and become a good uh, coach in that system. I think John Dorsey, the general manager, has a relationship with Mike McCarthy. I think it would succeed.
3: Pete, let me ask you about this Kareem Hunt situation, because obviously, you know, he's been released. uh He'll hit waivers. Um, The video comes out. He says he wasn't asked about it by the NFL. First of all, how does that that even happen in this day and age when you've had the Ray Rice situation and all of these uh, domestic violence type of situations with NFL players? And then secondly, um, is he young enough? Does he get another job in the NFL or is this it for Kareem?
4: Well, first, let me start with the NFL point of view. Look, you can get whatever you want to get, I think. And I'm a big believer in that. You saw TMZ got it. Now, how did they get it? They paid for it. The NFL is not going to do that. That's against the law. So uh, I don't think they would do that. But it, use your influence. Use your influence in Cleveland. You know people there. You have a team there. Use your influence to get the video. A, why didn't the police see the video? That, that's the million-dollar question. You know, we can, we can criticize the NFL all we want. The, the police department never saw the video. That's a problem to me uh and and see to answer your question look that video is damning you hit a woman you put your hands on a woman that to me is uh, an indictment of your character and not only did he hit her then he when she was down he gave her a kick look for me i wouldn't put him on my roster i wouldn't put him in my building and good luck to the team that does it
2: yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, and if if a team. We saw Ruben Foster get picked up by the Redskins. They're kind of waiting. No video to play though, Danny. Right? Oh, I no agree. Video. I agree. Even though it's multiple incidences, which is probably worse when you think about it, because he's had multiple incidences now, including a laundry list of issues as far as you know, leaving the combine early, uh marijuana uh, issues throughout his career. So uh definitely, both of those situations, something that people are monitoring closely. When you look at the Chiefs on the field. One big part of this offense was they had Tyreek on the inside, or on the outside, they had Travis Kelsey as the tight end, and they had one of these, you know, a dynamic running back in Kareem Hunt. How does it affect Patrick Mahomes in this offense without him, you know, kind of being that key cog?
4: They're interchangeable. They're running backs. Remember how I feel about running backs? <laughs>
2: yes. so he, he took over for Spencer Ware when Spencer Ware
4: got hurt and did the same things, right? Oh, here's Kareem Hunt. Where'd they, where'd they draft him? In the third round. Get on, move to the next guy, draft another one next year, move to the next guy. They'll be fine. As long as Patrick Mahomes is slinging the ball around, as long as Ty- Tyreek Hill is making the big plays, and as long as Travis Kelsey is making the plays in the middle of the field when you need a first down, the Chiefs will be just fine.
3: So let me ask you, like you had the uh, Patriots look pretty good yesterday. Steelers took a loss to a Chargers team that's it's really good. You still got KC at the top of the of the AFC or you got somebody else there?
4: Well, I think KC has to stay there right now, but uh, you know, defensively they still to me have major issues and and I'm not sure uh, they're not going to show up in, in key times, particularly in the postseason. You can't lean on your quarterback to score 40 every week. It's just not going to happen consistently, particularly as the games get uh, more important in December and the games get even more important in January. So I think the defense has to tighten up a little bit for me to say they're number one. Look, you can look at the AFC landscape all you want. There they are. Oh, the Steelers. Nope, they're gone. The Chargers, here they come. Ken Rivers win a big game. He won one on Sunday. We'll see in a couple weeks when they play the Chargers, uh, I mean the Chiefs in Kansas City. But aren't the Patriots just milling around? The Patriots are milling around. They're doing the same usual thing they always do. The defense is getting better. In December, Tom Brady is spreading the ball around, getting the ball out of his hands and getting the ball to the running backs and, and running the football when you need be. Bottom line is, we could talk about Kansas City's high powered offense. We could talk about the Chargers being a hot team. You could talk about the Steelers and their offense right now. If you had to pick the team to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC, who would it be?
2: Patriots go with them <laughs> of course if you're, if you're smart I mean say it's as sure as bet in all the sports is bet on Brady and Belichick and bet on LeBron to make the finals um when you look at the MVP race I think there was a couple weeks ago it was Drew Brees was making this really good push then he has a bad game and prime time and a big spot. Like Mahomes is sitting here putting up numbers like we haven't seen he just had his 41st touchdown pass if you're looking at it who would you give the MVP to?
4: Well, let, let's let it play out a little bit. I and I have a vote, and I'm going to wait. Um, you know, the voting doesn't have to be done for a while, but I, I would probably right now give it to Mahomes. But that can change in the next couple of weeks if Brees goes back to having big days and and their team gets back on track, and maybe Kansas City loses. I think the other guys in the conversation, Rivers has been fantastic. He has to be in the conversation. I think Russell Wilson has been fantastic. He has to be in the conversation. Gurley and Golf, probably Gurley now a little bit ahead of Golf in the conversation as well. And let's not forget, Aaron Donald has 16 and a half sacks. What if he gets to 23, 24, and breaks the sack record? Does he get into the conversation? I mean, the guy's been phenomenal. So uh, I think those are the names to keep an eye on. You know who else is having quietly having a heck of a year is Deshaun Watson.
2: Yeah. Uh You know, you and I both know that Aaron Donald's not going to win MVP. He can win Defensive Player of the Year, but he's not going to win MVP. He doesn't play the right position. Come on, Pete. You know that. <laughs> well, And that's the thing.
4: I try and tell all these guys that- That's all well and good. He's the MVP, but is he the MVP of his own
2: team? (laughs) That's a good question. All right, Pete. No, he's not. Jared Jared (laughs) Goff is the MVP of that team. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He plays the wrong position. It's going to go to a quarterback. We know that for sure. All right, Pete. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it.
4: All right, guys. Take care. All
2: right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to do some college football because we were this close are having a potential disaster on our hands as far as college football goes. Okay. Barton Simmons is coming back to discuss it with us next on Off the Bench. All right, what's up? Welcome back Off the Bench. Danny Canal, Raja Bell. So the college football playoff was announced yeah. yesterday. I must tell you, I was very relieved when okay. the four came out, and I was extremely nervous. We are going to get Georgia? There was, yeah, there was a lot of push. You know Herb Street's doing his game, and he says yeah. they move up because of the way they played. And I'm like, I'm pulling hair on my head. I'm like, this is insane. A lot of the conversation was, should we put for Georgia in there? Look how good they looked against Bama. Thankfully, thankfully the committee got it right with these four teams. Although, I will say this. I've been true to form every year, so I don't like the fact that a team on championship Saturday, while well, these conference championship games can sit and watch, sit and watch. You had it at Ohio State two years ago, you had a Bama last year, and I did not love Notre Dame sitting at home watching everybody else put it on the line. Yeah. and They're out there playing. I get it. They're undefeated. Let's put them in. I don't have as much of a problem because they don't have a loss, but I think it's one of the many flaws that you've got with the playoff that we're in, which is why we need eight. That's a whole other thing. But I do think they got these right. Did you have any beef with them? I didn't have any beef with it. Uh, You know, my
3: Oklahoma-Ohio State thing, but I do think Oklahoma has been the same team more consistently this year than, than Ohio State's been. Ohio State's been all over the map. I think Oklahoma has issues. Their defense looked better. But they've had issues defensively, but that's been them the whole year. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so for they, sure. They, they, and I
2: think if you look at the losses and the fact that Oklahoma came back, avenged their loss to Texas, they only lost by yeah. three the first time around. And I didn't think Ohio State looked that great against Northwestern. They did not. Like, if they would have gone out there and smoked them, I would have been like, oh, this is that team. But – you saw that kind of, eh, like they're right. good, but I don't think they're great type of performance from Ohio State. So I think that's where we have to leave them right there. But I think the committee got it right. I can't wait to see Oklahoma's offense against Bama's defense. Mm-hmm. I might turn the channel when Bo- Bama has the football. Right. <laughs> they're going to be cramming it down Oklahoma's throat. But uh, in any case, I think it'll be a good playoff. I think I'm, I'm excited, looking forward to it. So let's get our guy Barton Simmons in here. Make sure you follow him at Barton Simmons on Twitter. He's co-host of the Cover 3 College Football Podcast. Make sure you check that out today, too. Uh, they're going to preview him and Chip Patterson. are going to preview all the other bowl games as well. But, Barton, four teams that are in, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, did they get it right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm with you, Danny. Uh, it, the talk about Georgia being in there because Georgia looks like the best team, um, a little bit tough for me to swallow. And, look, I, I think, I believe Georgia probably is one of the best four teams in college football, and yet I don't think that they should have been in the playoffs or should be in the college football playoff four. I kind of laugh at the arrogance of us collectively as as the college football media and fans as well, just sort of acting like we can look at a game and decide, hey, that team is one of the best four teams in the country. That team is better than that team. And disregard the results that have got us to this point. Uh, Look, if Georgia wanted to be in the college football playoffs, they should have beat LSU. Uh, or they certainly shouldn't have lost by 20. I, I think if, if if Georgia goes and loses LSU by three points, they may actually be in there at this point. But but they lost by 20, and they lost Alabama, and that was their opportunity. I, I've long felt that Oklahoma, because that offense is so good, historically good, that they deserve to be in there because I think that's an Oklahoma team that can beat anybody. And you guys mentioned it. I mean Oklahoma, what they they lost by three points to in a rivalry game that. And a loss that has since been avenged. So uh, I think that they got it right, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit relieved that we didn't go down, set that precedent that we can just oh. start deciding a team is better than everybody else.
2: I would have absolutely lost it in that thing. I think there's two things that are wrong all the time, yeah. and I have no problem admitting it. I'm wrong all the time. When we do picks and I test, I think this team is better. We're wrong. You know right. what else is wrong, and it bothers me that they would use this as part of the conversation, is the Vegas line. Because that was another thing I saw. Well, if Georgia faced Oklahoma, or if Georgia faced Ohio State, they would be the favorite in that game. Yeah, that's lines happen right. all the time. They're for a very different reason. Yeah, it might mean that team would be favored, but it doesn't mean they deserve it. It doesn't mean they would win every single yeah, time either. No doubt. Uh, yeah, at, at,
1: at, Go ahead. Well, I mean, at, at what point are we playing? Like, why are we even playing the games anymore? If we <laughs> exactly. know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> why don't we just say, "Hey, Vegas, hey guys out there in, in, in the desert, you guys decide who the best teams are." We'll just play a few exhibition games over the course of the season. Y'all sort it out. And then we'll let you pick. Forget Bobby Johnson and Condoleez or Rice and, and Barry Alvarez. Let's let the Vegas guys pick it if that's what we want to do. And I, I, I'm with you guys. Like, let's, let's let them decide it on the field. The other one, I look at, look, think about 2002. My, that Miami team was the best team of all time. Like, very, very well could have been in terms of talent on the field. But they lost to Ohio State. Are we going to go back retroactively and say that, well look, I know Ohio State won, but Miami was really the best team because that's what my eyes say and I'm a really smart analyst. No, we we got to let the the results count for something and uh I think ultimately that was sort of my big sticking point this year.
3: Uh I'd be I'd be fine just on record I'd be fine with them <laughs> going back and saying Miami was the actual <laughs> national champion if we yeah, could do that. Play. Um hey, let's talk about the Bama game uh against Georgia. I'm not even going to touch on the the fourth down call which I thought was like one of the crazier what? calls. Yeah, the fake punt. Uh, but talk about how incredible the Jalen Hurts situation was coming back in the game. And then talk about Tua and having surgery. I don't know of any surgery I've heard of that you're going to be up and running in two weeks and be able to be the best version of yourself in a potential matchup with Oklahoma. And then what that looks like for Bama.
1: Look, I think that this is huge. Um And, and frankly, look, I don't think that Alabama was going to take Tua out of that game unless – he pulled himself out, unless he couldn't go anymore, which is ultimately what happened. And they were it forced Alabama's hand to go with Jalen Hurts, and that that proved to be the difference because Tua was not himself. He wasn't mobile in the pockets. I think he's got one of those genes, that trait where look, he he cannot just throw the ball away. He can't. It's in him to every play he wants to extend it. Every play he wants to do something special, and and he just didn't have it in him with the legs, with the with the knee, with the ankle, and a high ankle sprain. You don't recover from that quickly. I mean, that 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 lingers. And so I, the fact that Jalen Hurts came in, did what he did against a Georgia defense that, sure, they weren't prepared for him. Um, they were game plan for Tua. Uh, and, and credit Dan Enos, the quarterbacks coach over there at Alabama, for having Jalen ready. Um, credit Mike Locksley for putting a game plan together once he got in there uh, that he could make him successful. And credit Jalen. I mean, yes, he stuck th- through it. Um, his moment came. He took full advantage of it. I mean, this is a guy that, that's, for whatever flaws he has as a quarterback, he's never shied away from the big moment. He, he's always been very mature and competitive every step of the way. So, yeah, it was a great story. Um, and, and it was a great story, you know, even given that it's okay to transfer. And, and I'm, I'm a believer that there's I have no problem if he had transferred, but that he stayed and stuck it out and, and came through and played, played in a big moment like that I think was awesome. Um, but, again, I, I, my interest now is in what is Tua's health moving forward because if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback at Alabama, it, it really does change things. I mean, I, I while they're a different team offensively, um, I don't think they're quite as explosive. In some ways they're just as good, but they're a different team in terms of the challenges they present. And I think that Tua under center makes Alabama the best version of themselves. So, And, and, a, and an immobile Tua, a banged-up Tua, is a totally different version of him. So it's going to be really fascinating to see what this quarterback position looks like here in a couple weeks and how healthy Tua is.
2: So the total is set at 79 points in this game. So clearly Vegas thinks it's going to be a high scoring affair. I can't, this is the matchup I really wanted to see. And I, you know, it was funny because Kirby Smart after the game, said oh if you ask that guy over there I guarantee you he doesn't want to face us again and I think Nick Saban would rather play Georgia again than have to face Kyler Murray in that offense because I think it's going to be a much stiffer challenge like I think they match up really well against Georgia they didn't play that great and they outscored them uh, 21-7 to in the second half like they, they came back and they, there were no issues Um do you think that Kyler Murray in this Oklahoma offense will put up 30 plus points 40 plus like can they put up the type of numbers they've been doing all season against the Big 12 against Bama
1: yeah, my, that was my hunch too, Danny. I, I, uh, when, when Nick Saban started stumping for Georgia, yes. you know, that was me just thinking, look, I'll, I'll t- let's move Georgia up to three. Let, let's go play Notre Dame and keep Oklahoma out of this mess because I don't think he wants anything to do with Kyler Murray or Lincoln Riley and those, those guys. This is an Oklahoma offense. I, I believe this. I, I think Oklahoma can score on anybody, Alabama included. And, and I think that Oklahoma like, – when you play Oklahoma, it's less about, hey, can our defense get stopped? because Oklahoma's going to get there. Yeah, maybe you need to you, you need to hold them to a field goal or two. You need to find a stop here or there. But really the pressure to me shifts to to your offense. I mean, you've got to keep pace with Oklahoma. If you're sleepwalk through a possession or two, if you have a sloppy turnover, if you have a bad special teams play and you give Oklahoma one additional possession or if you if you if you don't break serve I think you're in trouble. I think that's what this Oklahoma offense is, and that's why I don't even care what their defense is. I mean, they've not counted on their defense all year long. This is a team that has a defense that just needs to get a play here or there and give that offense one additional possession, and they'll go win it. So I think this is a great matchup. The Lions set at like 14 points to open. Give me Oklahoma all day on that. I think this is going to be a close game. I think I'm going to take the over. I think Oklahoma gets in the the 40s. The winner probably is in the 50s. Yeah. And, and I think that the loser probably is in the 40s. And I think it's that kind of a game, um, and I think it's going to be a great matchup.
2: Yep, I think it's going to be fun for sure. Barton, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys.
1: Hey, let me ask you a question man, yep. before we go to break.
3: You had UCF. Yep. Storm back against Memphis. Yes. No Mackenzie Milton. Yep. Two straight seasons undefeated. Yep. It, do they ever get in? Is there ever no. a scenario in which no. they get in? Unless, Not
2: they, unless we go eight teams. And they right. finished eighth in the rankings, which – I think it's too low. I would have them over a two-loss Michigan team. Um, They're going to get their opportunity to play LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. I think it's going to be a fun game. If they win that game... Like it's so, and, but you know what's gonna happen. This drives me nuts. Like LSU, can you let us know if you wanna play in this game first? Right. So that if you lose, you can say, oh well we didn't wanna be there. Like can we get ahead of this? Right. The first time around? Because UCF has been chirping. They've been saying, let us play anybody. You would think that a team would be prepared and not wanna lose to them at this point. 25 straight games. They deserve a shot. They do it without their back, uh, their quarterback, as you mentioned. Came in, rushed for a ton of yards. That's mm-hmm. kinda of their, they have, de- they definitely have a different identity. Yeah. I think it's gonna be, I think it will be if they win this game, but I, even still, even if they win this game, it just won't put them in the conversation yes. for four teams. But I do think, I do think we're getting closer to an eight team. Yeah, like, I think there are Like enough. a team like
3: them could continue to move the conversation forward. Yeah, right? A team like that. A like
2: them, but I also think when people look at, I think, I think the fact that the SEC did not get two in, I think yes. it really bothers the SEC, and I think maybe they start pushing. Okay. Because those are the voices you need that you to, get really loud. Need to right, loud. Right, right. Then you need to get that uh, taken care of, but I do think there are more people that are saying, you know what? eight teams would be a lot of fun. right? And there would be some teams that would be deserving, and I think it would really enhance the back end of the regular season, which was pretty lethargic this year. Like the regular season kind of came to a whimper down the end. Instead, you have a bunch of teams fighting for those top eight spots. I think it would be uh, infinitely better when we do that. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, do some NFL. We have multiple coaches fired, and not who you think it is. We'll hit on that next and Off the Bench. All right, welcome back off the bench. Uh, Steelers, Chargers, last night, I'm not going to lie. This is kind of my MO for when I'm watching Sunday Night Football. It's yeah. been a long weekend. I traveled. Okay. Halftime, looked up. I was like, Yes. Go to bed. 7 Steelers <laughs> are going to roll. So I'm like, set up the DVR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, if anything happens, I'll check it out in the morning. But then I was kind of bummed. I'm like, whoa, what, when did this happen? Right. So I watched the game earlier this morning. Uh, the Chargers do complete the comeback. They come all the way, storming from behind. Phenomenal finish. You did have some bad officiating in there. There was a touchdown the Chargers threw with their left tackle. was clearly offside. Yeah. They didn't call it. Let it go. And then you had, uh, multiple plays at the end of the game. Artie Burns is trying to block field goals, keeps jumping off sides. Like it gets really bad. Mike Tomlin after, here's what he had to say about the officials. All right. Cause it's, it's pretty
3: catastrophic. Bad. You know, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. I'm gonna do that. Cause I sent enough money to New York. Good for you. Yeah, good for you <laughs> good for doing you. that.
2: But I'll say this, but I don't, I think it's a bad on, look man. when you lose. Even if it's egregious and the officials are bad, you cannot blame that game on the officials. So don't let it get to that point when you're up 23. What
3: stars? was the rest of his sound like? Did he say that,
2: though? Because some dudes will say the officiator right. was terrible,
3: but right. that that wasn't the reason we lost the game, in which case I'm
2: fine. I think he handled it all right. I don't think it was bad because he didn't blame them, right. but I just don't even like going down that rabbit hole at all if you're the head. Coach. Oh, I'm fine with that. Like, Look, <laughs> if they were terrible,
3: they should be put on blast. I really believe that. Like, As an anti-official guy
2: like you officials they, had an awful game. They had an awful game. So here's what I think is very cuz you've had a lot of bad I, officiating games. T- I want to say I would say it's like a psychological thing. Yeah. So the officials this year have been put on more notice from the NFL. They're reviewing them more closely. They're making their mistakes public. And they even fired a guy in the middle of the season. I think the officials are tightening up a little bit. Good. Like, seriously, no, I fine. think it's affecting their performance in a bad way because all of a sudden they're put under the scrutiny that the players are and they are not handling it well.
3: Well, that see, that's my only thing. Here's And I'm not anti-official. I'm anti the way officials are. Of like no, you know why? I'm anti the way they're treated. Yes, because they're the always player, right. The player is held to a standard and the official is considered part of the game, so he's always correct. And, like, look, there are instances, right, like dudes yelling at people in tunnels. There's, th- You have no idea. The guy said that he was called something by official. We just take an official's word that he didn't call him that. Why can't he? He's a human being. Right. You know what I mean? You saw Scott Foster the other night in Dallas, Mass. now I'm off the rails. Kick J.J. Barrett. J.J. Barrett gets two texts a year. Two texts a year. They're all from Scott Foster. Scott Foster kicks him out of a game as he's sitting on the end of a bench. And you can see that the dude really doesn't say anything. So I just take exception with the way officials are treated As part of the game, they can do no wrong, and players are held to this standard of not being able to approach them or or defend themselves in in different situations.
2: I do think the NBA, and baseball to some extent with pitchers and catchers, I think their relationship with officials, umps, refs, all that. Different. A little bit different. Yeah. Cause there's so much, there's just football is a bigger sport. There's more guys in the field. You sure. don't get that personal interaction or you shouldn't really. Like I got to know the umpires behind me a lot. They'd always talk and they, they actually looked at like, Hey, are you doing all right? Like they come out every time I got killed. <laughs> are like, are you, are you okay? i <laughs> <laughs> always be apologizing to me for the yeah. offensive line play. Um, so you like that is a relationship that you can develop and I always be super nice to them because I wanted to sure. fouls that they came my way. Um, but I do think, I think in the, in those sports, b- baseball and basketball, It is a little bit more unique and you can work them over more so than even I could as an official behind me. Great relationships
3: with some refs. Like great relationships with some refs. Again, this is, I don't mean to make it ref, although I do it all the time. It's just the treatment, right? Like the assumption that it's always correct and that he can't be. I I don't. My sister and my dad are both refs. I hate them both. (laughs)
2: There you go. (laughs) I do think though you have to start looking at the Chargers and uh, they've been this team that is flying under the radar, that's flown under the radar. And it's always been like, yeah. well, they're they're not first in their division. The Chiefs have a stronghold on the AFC West. And they have just kept winning and winning. Their defense has gotten healthier and healthier. And yeah. Phillip Rivers is having this season, which is unbelievable, where I think he should be in the conversation, too, for MVP. Sure. I still think he's third behind Breeze, behind Mahomes. But I still think he should be in the conversation. And I guarantee you this is going to be a team that nobody wants to play at that wild card matchup. And I guarantee that the Steelers being number one among them saying, I don't want to see that team again. Correct. Uh, having to play us in that It's
3: like your Oklahoma of the, of the, the college football playoffs. The team yeah, that people are like, nah, we're good. Uh, you know what Philip Rivers, like, I know he can stand back there and like, sling the heck out of the ball. He's a big old dude and stuff. Yeah. But he makes, cause I too watched the second half this morning. Some of the plays he makes as things are like, just deteriorating in that pocket, where he's not even really throwing it. He's just like, flipping it out to people and like, it's pretty remarkable, man. Oh yeah. It's, yeah.
2: I think it's, it's, it speaks volumes to, you don't have to be Mike Vick. Or um, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. In order to like be mobile, considered mobile, like there's pocket presence, right? And I think Philip Rivers put on a clinic in Man, it's how crazy. to move within inside the pocket crazy. by just this much room. And when I was a kid, I used to work out with Dan Marino, and he used to tell me all the same things, like I couldn't break six flat in the forty yard dash, but I can move in the pocket. don't yeah. know where to find a hole, just a tiny window to get that ball off you with. Oh, so.
3: Dan, can I get my son to work with Dan a little bit? I have
2: to try. To <laughs> <look that up>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll have to do that. Uh, so, literally, our rundown today says: Could we see major changes coming? in the NFC South because it was a pretty bad day for a couple of those teams. The Falcons have been atrocious. The Panthers lost again. This time it's the Bucks who weren't very good. Although my Jameis had a pretty good game. Uh Cam Newton had an atrocious game, four yeah. picks. But they decide not to make a head coaching change, as we saw with Mike McCarthy getting let go from the Packers. They've uh, fired multiple assistant coaches, mm. including defensive line coach Brady Hoke, former head mm. coach of Michigan, who was kind of best there as being a bad fit. This to me, uh, Ron Rivera is going to take over the play calling duties on the defensive side of the ball. This to me is the ultimate. And this happens all the time. Somebody's going to take the fall. Yeah, heads have to roll. It ain't going to be me and it ain't going to be somebody, but it's going to, somebody has to take the fall. And clearly that's what's going on here. Well,
3: a lot of times it works. Sometimes it works, but in a lot of cases, there's an eventuality that it gets to the top, right? You're going to roll the lower guys on the totem pole's heads first, but eventually it reaches the top. And the Panthers slide has been confusing for me um and if they continue to slide there, there will be more heads rolling
2: so the nfc south which was at the beginning of the season i thought this i thought it was the best division in in the uh in the nfl yeah saints living up to the hype they're 10 and 2 panthers dropped six and six and the bucks who get that win yesterday they're at five and seven like still fighting for their playoff loss, uh, lives i think both these teams rivera's got a little more leeway obviously because he had more success right bringing that team to a super bowl Dirk Cutter, though, if they, I think he's done after the season, no matter what. And they, I think the more important decision is, what do you do with Jameis Winston, who's been playing pretty decent while he's gotten this kind of second chance?
3: What if they squeak in? <laughs>
2: I know. To the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, there is, it's like, you asked that question. I think some people are thinking, well, how the heck did that yeah, no, but happen? Like, no, what? because after the division leaders in the NFC, you've got the Redskins, that NFC East is the joke, right? Like the Cowboys are at seven and five, the Redskins behind them at six and five. The North is a little bit more competition with the Bears, but they lost yesterday, and the Vikings at six and five did not look good. So the the Bucks, if they could win out, and they've got some winnable games, they're five and seven. If they could get this thing to eight and eight, nine and seven,
3: yeah, I'm saying like, what if, like, in, in uh, like, and I think what, you what is that job?
2: But you're like, st- is that that's my always is question. that the right thing? Well, I always that's why I was question. Like, if you're this close to firing him now, why wouldn't you know? That's why I think the Packers did the right thing. If you're going to make a move, do it, yeah, and just rip the Band-Aid off, and then you don't have to deal with a situation where. If you kind of backdoor your way in, it's kind of ugly. Then you're like, oh, you're like like obligated to give a guy a job. Back yourself uh, another whole year there. All right, let's get it over to Hannah because we have some uh, fun stuff and socially relevant today. (laughs)
0: Hey, guys, so there is a new beef in the NBA. This all went down on Saturday night when the Knicks faced off against the Bucks. Now, I know you guys saw this story, but we got to talk about it. Knicks forward Mario Hazonia made a pretty gutsy move. He finished a two-handed dunk with Giannis Antetokounmpo chasing him down from behind. Uh. But right after the play, Uh. Giannis was on the ground after trying to block that dunk. He stared him down, stepped right over him, bringing up those old memories of Allen Iverson and Tyronn Lue 17 years ago, which, Raja, I know you noticed that one, but the Greek freak responded to Mario's actions after the game, saying, I'm going to punch him next time. I left out a little detail about where he wants to punch him. Mario then told reporters... I don't want to be disrespectful, but if you feel fear, this is not the place for you. New York is not the place for you, and this team is not the place for you. So, oh. Danny and Raja, these two teams play again on Christmas Day in front of a national audience, as we know. So, what do you think could happen then?
2: I think Giannis <laughs> is going to dunk all over everybody that yeah. day. I think Giannis he's going to be in sir. ticked off, angry. And I would echo his sentiments. If some dude stepped on me. See, the thing is, Giannis didn't notice it. I don't think he noticed it and then he watched back and watched the video or the highlight and he's yeah. like, wait a second, that just happened? Cause you can't let a dude walk on you.
3: Um so Mario Hazonia, a lot of people don't know him, but he was a, like a very high pick coming out of wherever he was in Europe. I had a chance to like watch him on film. I was scouting for the, for the Cavaliers and he had, that's him, that attitude, like that <laughs> swag that he's a bit of a, he can be a butthead at times, like, yeah. but it's what makes him, you know, able to play in the NBA uh, as well as some talent. But he is wired like that, so he's not afraid of anything, and I, I respect that. Yeah, like, you know, especially you playing in a market like New York, you're trying to cut your teeth there. I'm cool with that, but don't poke the bear, dog. Like, there's no reason to like. You dunked on him, you big boy Chris Middleton. You got, you caught Giannis trying to catch you from behind. All well and good. Get your butt back on defense. He looked at him. He made a conscious decision to
2: step over him. Yeah. Don't poke the bear, homie. Uh, he just did. So <laughs> it'll be in that Christmas Day matchup. <laughs> will be fun to watch for that reason alone. And you say it on something? New York City will love him. Yeah, dude. Like, they, he He's will be built an for icon already he if he starts it. making moves like that.
0: All right. Staying in the NBA, Ruthless Toothless was the new nickname for Mavericks Dennis Smith Jr. last night. So Smith had most of his right front tooth fly out of his mouth After it was broken by Clippers guard Patrick Beverly's elbow during a fight for a loose ball late in the third quarter, Smith returned to the game and helped the Mavs win it 114-110 to over the Clippers. So they were able to put his tooth back in place for post-game interviews. And then the best part of the story happened Then check this out, he said, quote, I knew there would be cameras. And when there would be cameras, it's going to social media. And when there's social media, there's ladies looking. And when there's yeah. ladies looking, I've yeah. got to be looking nice. <laughs> so, and Russia, how impressed are you by this guy's commitment here?
3: Um, the commitment, but whatever dentist could get your tooth back up in your mouth and sealed, at <laughs> whatever point of the game that happened towards the to the to the post game press conference, right? It's
2: pretty remarkable. That is like, do they? Because I know a lot of stadiums, arenas no, have X ray tech no. in there, so you can go get an X ray. Do they have a dentist in there on Listen, call?
3: It's been a long time. Since I played for the Mavs, I don't like think they that. have a dental studio in place to like make veneers and stuff. At, at you the, want at the more American more Airlines,
2: more likely scenario is that the tooth was a fake anyway, so Correct. it kind of comes and goes easily. It pops out. We had, in fact, the guy that coaches at my old high school you're yeah. playing against on Friday. Yeah, he had a tooth where he had a retainer where it would pop in and out. He okay. lost it as a kid. So if we were playing pickup <laughs> hoops, he would pull it out and be like, "Oh, you elbowed me!" And then we call fouls on <laughs> all the time. So definitely, you can use that to your advantage. A mouthpiece or no mouthpiece, basketball. I never used a mouthpiece in football either. Really? No, I couldn't talk. Like I and I used to have to wear it. Right. So the official would say, "Let me see your mouthpiece." And ultimately I'd keep it right yeah. In my belt. And I would always be like, it's right here. And he'd right. be like, you're supposed to wear it. And I'd be like, it's right here. And I'd put it right back in. You can't talk. You can't be able
3: to yeah, I can't play basketball. And my son fights me all the time. Uh, he playing quarterback. Doesn't. He doesn't want to wear one for football. Uh, but his mommy wants him to wear one for basketball. So I'm like, buddy, you got to work with me. Like, alright, you're to wear football. You don't have to wear it for basketball.
2: I look at dudes that wear them in basketball. I'm like, uh,
3: Yeah, me too, dude. I got, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, lastly, guys, that wasn't the only rare occurrence that went down on Sunday. So Detroit Lions left tackle Taylor Decker caught a touchdown pass against the Rams, and Decker revealed that it was his first time that he's ever scored a touchdown in organized football. After the game, he said that he was so excited, he threw the ball into the stands, but he would like to have it back. He tweeted this out, making it official, saying, To whoever caught slash has the ball, I threw into the stands. i played football since first grade, and that was my first ever touchdown. I'd love to have that ball and would be more than happy to hook you up if you'd be willing. So, guys, what kind of swag is he going to have to pay up to get that ball back? Oh, oh he Let found him. him. He I didn't even know He found notice. it. Look at he that. Said that he's- he is being great about it. Hashtag yep. social media strikes again. Okay, I didn't even know this. What kind of swag is he going to have to give back now? Let the I bet he all
2: cheating Yeah, exactly. I bet he all game was a jersey. Like nah, he tickets and a that's jersey. a really cool fan. Yeah, and you get him a brand new ball. Like you
3: give him a new ball. Ball. Yep, a signed jersey yep. from Taylor or from like <laughs> from, from, Matt, from Stafford. Matt Stafford. Yes,
2: from the real player. <laughs> uh huh,
3: from the superstar. I'm going to try to get myself a, like an a, like a all access to something out of that. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. Like, can I, can I get yeah, down in the locker room like yeah, yeah, a just, little tour yeah, or yeah, something tour. like that. I would. I think yeah. it's easy as a player. Don't, to be all, don't be a whole like, butthead
2: about it, Here's, but you leverage your situation there, right? Hey, Taylor, if you want the ball, don't throw it in the stands, Holmes. Here's a question I have for you. Does it really matter in the bigger scheme of things for Taylor Decker if he gets that ball nope. or just a game ball? Correct. That would be like, cause I did, I have a lot of balls that I got, like game balls that were given. Don't out. even know. I didn't care. I could just, I'm going to get a ball. I'm going to paint it. It's going to have the stats on there. Correct. And you could have that done up. Like who cares where it probably means ball. more to the fan to say that he had a game used ball than it would to
3: Taylor in the, exactly. in the long run. exactly Leverage that situation, homie. Yes.
0: <laughs> I want more in the story on the fan that has it. Hopefully he has social media and he saw this all go down. Unlike Raja, who has no Twitter. <laughs> That's all for social media. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. Still to come, Danny and Raja break down tonight's Monday night football matchup between the Redskins and the Eagles. Come on back to Off the Bench. <laughs>
2: Man, it is not a good day to be a head coach on a bad team. I mean, I guess it never is a yeah. good day to be in that situation, but. Especially in the Midwest. Yeah, exactly. We saw Mike yeah. McCarthy canned by the Packers. And now we have Fred Hoiberg, head coach of the Chicago Bulls. They're 5 and 19. They've been pretty bad the last couple of years. He has been, uh, relieved of his duties. He should have there. been fired a long time ago. Uh, yeah, that was just seemed like a bad fit. And yet he was like, beloved in college. Like yeah. I thought, oh he's gonna be a great coach in the NBA. There's such a difference in college coaches and NBA coaches and clearly it just didn't work out. The mayor? Yeah. Dude I'm a news flash. I don't think he was that great in college.
3: Really? I went to watch his teams play. Like I didn't I mean he was
2: okay, but right. I didn't think he was so Fantastic. how does a guy like that rise in the ranks? A good dude, like he's a good recruiter. He gets along with people. He's good in the press conference. like a little bit of all of that, like yeah.
3: kind of perfect storm type of really good dude, like super highly regarded. Um, you get a buzz too. Yeah, because now that like you don't have to necessarily live up to it. You just can't prove that it's not true, right? And so I think he just rode that wave. Like he never gave anybody any reason to say that that buzz wasn't like. Warranted. Do you know what I mean? Like, so all of his Iowa State teams were okay. I don't think any of them were fantastic. Um, I watched them play and I even wrote in my report when I was with Cleveland, like, they don't do anything offensively. So I don't, I didn't know how he got the moniker of being this great, like, offensive guy. They, they fell apart at times when I watched them. And so, like, I was all for it in Chicago. You need some fresh blood, see if it works. But it became obvious really early. It, that wasn't getting done there, and they rolled it up in like Jimmy Butler and D Wade weren't the pieces he needed, and the, you know there was always an excuse, but that should have been made a long time ago. This is silly.
2: So they go with Jim Boylan, uh, an assistant coach, to elevated him to head coach. I mean, clearly, I don't is is he the long term answer? No, probably not. No. no,
3: no. I mean, but good for them giving him the job, like and saying he's got another year on his deal, and they're not going to call him interim. Like I respect that from the Bulls, but I, I doubt very seriously he'd be the long term solution. Right.
2: Did you? Uh, you were pretty superstitious, right? I was. Really yeah. superstitious. yeah, I was. Uh so DeMar Derozan, uh DeRozan has a shoe superstition where oh. if he's having a bad game, halftime, he'll go in, he'll change up the kicks. I don't think it's a big deal at all. Like, no. I'm surprised people think this is an issue yeah. or like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I would do that all the time if I was playing bad. And the shoes Dude. like are stacked up in your locker, like, you yeah. Have bro, I, Fifteen I, pairs, it's like, Well, I'll change them every quarter if you wanted to. This is a question. Um
3: do you think he's getting unfairly, like, criticized for this because of, like, the mental health thing that he
2: came out in? Well, I didn't in, consider uh, that. Um, that's, that's, I had not thought about that at all. On a serious note, yeah, cause, no. cause I did that all the time. I think a lot of dudes yeah, do Yeah, I it's think true, a lot of commonplace. Like, I, um, that's a good one. I think, I think people would, because he's been more open right. about dealing with depression, dealing with mental health issues, that people see that as a weakness. Yeah. That's where we as a society need to get over that and say, all right, you know, there's, you can separate and compartmentalize things. right This is clearly just him being a typical professional athlete. Yeah. How long did you – now, were you the same way if you were playing good? Did you rock the same shoes? Absolutely. How? It, what was the longest streak you ever had?
3: Well, I don't know. Um I would play in shoes – I probably played in shoes for a month, which is unheard of in NBA. <laughs> All like, right. You're talking about three, four, five games max. I played in shoes for months. Really? Because, you know, you got your orthotic, so while the bottom of that shoe wears out if it's a regular sole, I could just flip the orthotic out and and still get some tread out of that same shoe, you know? Because I'd have a fresh orthotic in it.
2: Right. Did you happen to see uh, what Bill Belichick did with Adam Thielen? I did. So these two, that's like the most unlikely like, seriously. Tennis-ish. Like, yeah. <laughs> that looks like exactly what Belichick sure. likes at <laughs> wide receiver. He goes at him on that side of the ball. I think it was, t- I, again, another situation where fans are like, ooh, I can't believe these guys are going at it. That is sports in a nutshell. Yeah. That's all it is right there. So I don't think it was a big deal at all. Uh, tonight's Monday night game, not exactly, uh, the best matchup on yeah, paper. I won't be Or anywhere else that you would Date want to night. drive it. Uh, the Redskins six and five, Eagles five and six, two teams. That had their sights set on possibly winning the NFC East. It's been a disaster. The Eagles have had this hangover come in. I would give the edge to the Eagles. I just, I think Alex Smith losing him. I didn't think it was going to be a huge deal, but I think you've seen some of their deficiencies at quarterback with Colt McCoy. Yeah. I just don't think they're as good now. And I think the Eagles are going to play a little bit more enthusiastically and get the win.
3: I'm going to go with the Eagles too, but I feel very confident in that. I'm not going to watch any of this game and I'll be sitting here tomorrow having not missed anything. <laughs>
2: right. That's right. Yeah. But what do you got? You got to tune in a little bit.
3: No, I have a basketball
2: game tonight. We got a high school oh, basketball game. All right. Yeah, nice. So I can't watch. How excited are you about Hootie and the Blowfish on the reunion tour? What? Wait, you didn't know this? I, we confirmed this morning that I
3: do actually know a Hootie and the Blowfish song. Yes. What? I only want to be with you?
2: Yes. The famous video with Marino in the yes, video. Yes. I know like that song. Other than that, I have no. Darius Rucker. He's a big South Carolina football. It's
1: a black fan. dude, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know him. I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't oh, know the songs. Down to, uh, the, <laughs> to black <laughs> the black dude. <laughs> That's great. It's like him and Jimi show. Hendrix, right? Excellent. Like the two rock and roll black dudes. Yeah, well, he's country. He, oh, so <laughs> he's not even rock and roll. All right, <laughs> which <laughs> is
2: even more rare. rare I'm <laughs> <Yes. guess. laughs> We're in the same bucket. More so <laughs> <laughs> go listen to Terence Rucker and throw in some hoodie in the Blowfish. They're coming back. All right. <laughs>